0: You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast.
1: On after dinnerments, uh, we are moving uh, fast and furiously. We started off our the uh, Abu Bakr. See that on uh, yes, the Muslim News and Anwar Kasim took us through with his uh, program. Be uh, yeah, driving with Anwar, and then uh, we went with the Morana sanim Karim, and then the cherry on the top, our very own Ibrahim Abadasha, our own uh, Ibrahim Ba, an astute businessman. He's also a, a yeah, humanitarian. And when it comes to civic work, you can't beat him. He's just A grade, A grade, A1, and top of the range. Ibrahim Ba, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And jazakallah khair for joining us on your segment, Travel Express. How are you doing this evening, Ibrahim Ba?
0: Walaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother Shafat. And of course, as always, an absolute pleasure to be on air with you and our listeners out there to Radio Marcus Sahaba. Alhamdulillah, it's been hot, but uh, not as hot as hell it's going to be. So uh, I think we should just get used to it and stop complaining. Otherwise, I'm good to go.
1: As you said, uh, you know, no use complaining. Whatever the condition is, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us. And uh, I mean, the heat... uh, imagine if you're, uh, some people are so addicted to the uh, uh, air conditioners or, or the fans and so forth. But in this uh, condition where we live in, you know, in uh, especially our KZN condition or Durban condition, what would we do without a fan? Or maybe we're chopping off all our trees and missing that breeze under a lovely big tree, Brian ba mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that unfortunately, you know, sometimes in the name of progress. And if you look particularly to our... Uh, own uh, communities, you know, you'll find that uh, the first thing if they go into any particular area, they start cutting down the trees to make more space. But uh, I think that uh, tracks from the beauty of the place as well as the functionality uh, and uh, the good that the tree provides apart from fruit, if it's a fruit tree or shade, and of course the breeze rustling through the tree, the leaves, of course. Uh, yeah well look we've got this uh, muggy some summer, uh, summer season that's upon us right now it's not anything new uh, i think perhaps we are just getting older that we feel it even more brother shabat i'm speaking personally for myself of course but uh yeah it's just one of things uh, one of the things and uh, there are hotter uh sort of uh surrounding the countries or cities Uh, you know, and environments that uh, are all over the globe. And uh, I think uh, we are still uh, very fortunate that uh, this is relatively mild when compared to certain other areas like in North Africa, Middle Eastern areas and places like that where it can go into the high 50s and nobody wants to talk about it. But uh, yeah, Alhamdulillah, we are blessed with uh, being in South Africa beautiful place to be, beautiful climate. So uh, let's just enjoy it
1: while it lasts. Brother Shafat, I think I lost you. You lost me there, Ibrahim Bhai because I didn't unmute and I just said, hey, now let us go to our, our first topic, sun tourism catching up fast in the, uh, the Himachal. A warning sign too. Uh, fill us in about this, Ibrahim Ba.
0: Well, uh, for the listeners, the benefit of the listeners out there, Himachal Pradesh is one of the northernmost Indian states. And that's high up in the Himalayan area. Uh, the very, very mountainous, uh, but uh, nevertheless rugged and very beautiful area. And uh, the province uh, or the state itself has an area of uh, 56,000 square kilometers. And it's home to the scenic mountain towns and resorts such as Shimla, which was, of course, in the heyday of the British, uh, their summer capital, as well as places like Manali, Dharamshala, and, of course, uh, Dalhousie. And it's, uh, would you believe, a host to the Dalai Lama. And uh, he has his uh, palace somewhere up there in uh, Himachal Pradesh. And hence, uh, a strong uh, Tibetan presence is reflected in its Buddhist temples. Uh, monasteries and the vibrant uh, uh, culture and New Year celebrations that uh, Tibetans have. And uh, the state's economy is uh, hugely dependent on tourism as well as hydroelectric uh, power generation and horticulture. Now, <clears throat> from a travel perspective, uh, there's many outdoor activities such as rock climbing, the usual adventure stuff, mountain biking, paragliding, ice skating, trekking, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And uh, of late, when I say of late, I'm saying the past few decades that have gone, uh, the winters haven't been as severe as they were up until the late uh, 70s. Uh, that uh, being a case in point, of course, uh, many holidaymakers have now been preferring, uh, are preferring rooms with the view, uh, you know, facing eastward, where you could get a view of the sunrise from the balcony and especially in uh, winter with the breathtaking views of uh, snow-clad uh, mountain peaks of the Himalayan ranges right in front of you. And uh, like I said, uh, it's not as uh, cold uh, in these winters. Of course, we'll get the uh, usual, uh, you know, global warming, climate change, and, 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 and a brigade carrying on about it. But uh, Allah knows best what the situation is in so far as uh, what the seasons are. And uh, we have, when we studied geography, amongst other things, uh, in uh, in uh, school, that the uh, climate is ever changing. It has been; it always uh, will be. So, uh, apart from that, I don't think they have to concern themselves unduly. Uh, Allah's in charge, as I always say, and uh, He will moderate and regulate the the, the seasons as He sees fit, because uh, He is the sustainer and cherisher of the universe. I'm not losing sleep over whatever this uh, climate uh, change uh, brigade has to say, and I don't think these people should worry about it unduly because as man goes, our lives on average, maybe 60, 70 years and the. uh, Earth, amongst other planets have been in existence for millions of years, so what's a few years give and take so uh, that's my feeling on on the. Uh, Climate change and global warming myth that they keep throwing at us, but apart from that, uh, for the tourists, they're now enjoying a good balance of uh, sunshine as well, a couple with snow. So uh, it's quite good uh, to have the snow so you're not freezing your butt off over there and uh, you can uh, partake of all the activities that are up there in those uh, hill stations and uh, These days, hoteliers are advising guests that uh, if they want to escape the dense fog and the cold in the valleys and the plain, they should uh, come to the hills and uh, bask in the mellow sunshine where it's warm and sunny. So uh, that's a plus for uh, Himachal Pradesh. And uh, as you said, sun tourism is definitely on the uh, increase over there. So uh, let them enjoy it.
1: Yeah, good point there, Ibrahim Bar. But, you know, you someone should have sponsored you for Davos. Uh, 50 grand, yeah, that is uh, $50,000. <laughs> Ibrahim Bar would have put them all in the places. I mean, you're watching these guys like Tony Blair, the oh, Pakistani and, you know, that, uh, foreign minister. I mean, I, I tell you, Ibrahim Bar, it's shocking what they're telling the world. They're treating people like, you know... People have no brains, and this uh, uh pushing them into concentration camps, prisons, and if you don't take this injection, and if you don't have your vaccination, and this is what we're going to do, then you can't go to the next level. We're taking away motor cars. We're going to build this, and we're going to build that. Unilaterally making decisions on their exactly. own. I mean, exactly. uh, nothing uh, has been, uh, there's no Shura committee, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's our way, or you're the highway. I mean, who, who do they think they are, number one? Exactly. Number two, uh, you know... Uh, uh, they, they're they actually fighting divine decree and the things of this world proceeds by divine decree and not by man's administration. And here where you come in, Allah will document you as those that fought oppression and wanted hak to be implemented. And I hope I'm in your company also, Ibrahim ba But, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll move on. And maybe we don't need to be there too. Allah will take good care of them. Look, and, Allah
0: knows everything, it, hears everything and, and even knows the thought before these guys can even think it. Right. So when it seems that everything is lost, remember that Allah is in charge. Let them do what they want. He'll give them enough rope and then he'll hang them. Watch it.
1: Definitely. It will. It
0: will come. I just hope and pray that I'm alive to see they, see them get their comeuppance, inshallah. It might be yeah. tough. It might be uh, difficult. But uh, to see them get their just desserts in this world, oh, I'd love to be in a ringside seat. <laughs> hey.
1: Yeah, someone said, I booked it for you, Ibrahimba It's booked. You're going to get their inside seat. Well, flight attendant uh, uh, shares tips for nervous flyers. Nervous flyers, what they do? They do they bite the fingernails or they're nervy. I don't know what they do. Tell us, Ibrahimba. Uh
0: They get jittery. you know. Even you can see it from the time of check-in, basically. <laughs> you know, and uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's not so uh, prevalent uh, these days. Given the... Uh, the uh, track record of uh travel by air you know it's one of the safest uh, methods of traveling from uh, a to b in the time span that uh, you know is very respectable but uh, yeah you still get the odd person that a is traveling for the first time or has been told all sorts of stories and is unsure and is the shy and sort of reticent type that uh, you know hasn't been out on an aircraft or anything doesn't know what's going on but uh for those who are seasoned travelers if you can spot them and if they're sitting next to you it's easy to calm them down really but the uh, things that flight attendants normally tell them is that uh you know people like coffee huh everybody has a, a either one cup or more in a day so what they say is that uh one should if you are the nervous type right and you get the jitters when it's time to fly then you should uh, stay away uh from coffee before your flight and uh, try not to have anything uh, caffeine related and with that you can throw out all your monster and uh, I don't know dragons and I don't know what other uh, drinks you know you get these energy drinks you can throw that out as well because uh, all it does it just uh, serves to enhance your anxiety and make you more nervous and chittery so uh, caffeine consumption can also uh, contribute to increased uh, urination and bladder activity and one uh, no one wants to be running to the loo especially if you're sitting in a window seat and got two people to get out the way for you to go it's not funny especially if the if it's a jam packed flight so uh, instead of having coffee before you take off just drink some water instead and uh, maybe you can have that coffee once you've reached your destination And another tip uh, given by flight attendants is uh, to book a a seat if you can, of course, in this day and age, closer to the front of the aircraft because that's where you experience the least amount of turbulence if there should be any, uh, you know, heavy turbulence uh, along the way. And uh, people that are serving, uh, you know, being nervous, they can always converse with the flight attendants. You know, just to make some chit chat and uh, listen to their experiences because uh, most times these are seasoned veterans, all these cabin crew, and most of them sometimes have hundreds of flights under their belt. And they have ways and means of uh, calming the people down, especially when they're feeling anxious or worried. And uh, it helps uh, if travelers uh, can focus on something that distracts you, either striking up a conversation with your uh, passenger, fellow passenger next to you. Or maybe read a book or doing some uh, crossword puzzles or something to keep the mind uh, occupied. I think uh, those are the best ways uh, to get your mind off it. And I think once the flight has taken off and then you're easing into the cruising altitude, it's uh, quite smooth. And by that time, I think people get acclimatized and uh, it shouldn't be too much of a hassle going forward. So, uh, yeah, that's just a few of the things they can do and uh, to stay calm more than anything else
1: but I was thinking aloud, have you mm-hmm. ever been in a plane where they walk in with sheep goats roosters yeah yeah they, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: you
1: yeah. know what? I was in a plane in in Djibouti that yeah. uh, you know I've I am talking to... about I was there in Khartoum. oh, <laughs> talk like... about it. Uh, Came with baskets on the head with
0: all the chickens caulking and everything, and (laughs) oh my God, it was something out of this world. But of course, you know, this is the beauty of travel, you know. I mean, we're always living in in a sort of clinical and sterilized and, you know, that sort of controlled uh, atmosphere or surroundings. And to see all this, you know... it, it, it adds spice to life, you know, and the thing is, nobody gives a damn, no one cares anymore. There'll be a little uh, kid, when I say kid, meaning a little baby goat or something in tow somewhere, and uh, nobody cares, and it's uh, powerful, the course, really, and there'll be the overhead racks you can forget about, right? <laughs> because there'll be filled with kudras and blankets, and uh, God only knows what not else, and vegetable, and Allah knows, huh? I, I was on a few of those flights internally there, and... Uh, it was something else, but uh, nevertheless, quite enjoyable. You know, you might not necessarily speak the language, but uh, being of the same human race, you know, the thing is, invariably, you get to understand each other, and uh, they are not that dissimilar in any event. You know, the thing is, that we all have similar needs as human beings, and uh, They just do things differently, and they're allowed to do it because that's uh, the culture, that's the norm, and that's uh, acceptable to them. So uh, we are visitors in their area, in their country. So who are we to dictate terms to them?
1: You know, Ibrahim, you said that so uh, beautifully, but for me, I got a shock of my life, and I looked at my fellow comrades, uh, and they all laughed. (laughs) Hey, chef! I said, hey, what's going on here? This is, uh, you know, it's not le- I mean, we grew up like uh, this, the European norms, you know, the European yeah, yeah, standard, yeah. uh, you know. the. Uh, I mean, uh, they have thought of uh, it to be, you know, uh, I mean, desensitized or you're sensi- very sensitive. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking to for. Oh, being very finicky. Very but, prim- but, proper, and, yeah. And, and, you know, everything. yeah. But with all the flight and all, I didn't smell the sheep. I mm-hmm. didn't get any smell. Mm-hmm. And it went so smoothly. And uh, thank Allah, I had no one sitting with me with a goat next to me. I don't know how that would have been. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it it all happened. And I, I'm glad that, that you even had that experience. But, you know, the moment to savor. And I don't think many have that. Uh, did the old Karanjas and the Kampalas take goat, sheep, hens on board? I, I believe they used to cook it uh, fresh, fresh. Yeah, yeah. Slotted yeah. Uh, Ibrahimba.
0: Yeah, exactly. They used to take on these things. Of course, all the ship channelers and people like that that supply uh, groceries and uh, stuff uh, to ships whenever they come in port. And I would think at that time, uh, you know, the the ships used to take them on and uh, especially uh, those ships running. To the Indian subcontinent, uh, they would have had that, and they would, of course, slaughter them on board and prepare them. That's way down in the deck, right down below, near the engine rooms and where the kitchen and all the other facilities are. So much so that you won't even know that they're on board. But then, uh, with the uh, uh, you know progress of time, as we went on, that was uh, more and more frowned upon. Oh, it's not uh, good for the animals, and 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 so much so that. Uh, Things have changed uh, over the years. So uh, we are where we are right now. But, uh, yeah, that would have been, you know, something that uh, they take on.
1: Hey, Ibrahim a very sad story indeed. And I, it really touched my heart uh, to know that travelers are abandoning uh, pets at airports. Uh, what a sad situation, Ibrahim
0: It is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. The thing is, once you've found a uh, build, that bond and uh, love and affection, you know, that exists between a pet and the human, you know, it's it's like having another member of the family. Yes, only those who have pets will will uh, sort of subscribe to that, of course. Others that just love pets, be they cats, dogs, or birds or whatever, they will not necessarily see it that way. But yeah, it is uh, it is a very sad state of affairs, you know, and. Uh, Having had both dogs and cats in my life and time, the thing is, uh, I can say quite categorically without any fear of contradiction that they understand you a lot better than your fellow human beings. That is why it it tugs at the heartstrings when people just abandon pets like that and fly off to wherever. Now, this has uh, been, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's a trend, but uh, just of late, there seems to be a rash of this thing happening. I'm not sure why. Where... Pets, mainly uh, dogs, puppies and stuff like that. Even a tortoise was left behind at the airport. Uh, Some uh, abandoned a either at the uh, check-in. Others uh, just tied to a post somewhere or the tortoise itself was found in one of the uh, restrooms. And uh, of course, uh, it's not a pleasant scenario. And uh, it is a misdemeanor, by the way, in uh, many countries to do that. Uh, And this thing that we're talking about the states, uh, they didn't take very kindly to it. But fortunately, in those scenarios, you know, the travel community, when I say community, I mean, people that normally frequent airports and fly and uh, people that are on the ground, staff, uh, security, et cetera, et cetera, and passengers, of course, uh, they all join forces with law enforcement and animal rescue operations like your SPCA and stuff like that to ensure that the safety of the pets be they dogs cats whatever uh you know guaranteed and that they have a safe abode uh you know so much so that uh they even go to the extent of scanning the uh, camera footage to see who that uh the person would have been that uh just abandoned his pet and uh, went off and uh look uh I know that, especially in places like Europe and all, it's very commonplace to see people traveling everywhere with their pets, and you have a special hotel that, uh, what they call pet-friendly and things like that. But uh, flying with your four-legged friends, uh, it requires an extra degree of preparation, and I dare say, it is my guess, uh, that uh, I think these people just put themselves into a bind. They didn't plan ahead And uh, maybe at the last instant they they realize, hey, hang on, this aircraft that I'm flying on, the carrier, the airline itself is not going to take this, uh, uh, not allow me to take it on board in the cabin. And there are specific uh, regulations and rules that I had to comply with but didn't. And uh, that is why they've got no choice. Rather than lose the money on the air ticket, they'd rather just uh, abandon their pets. Uh, Well, that's heartless of them to uh, reiterate. But then this is what they've been finding in the uh, past few months. And, uh, you know, in order to prevent this from happening, uh, it's important that 1A firstly read the airline's rules for travelling with pets. And these requirements vary from airline to uh, airline. And, of course, uh, countries and protocols have changed, of course, with the advent and the recession of the COVID pandemic and it depends on which airline and the route you are flying and the destination you are going to because uh, even if you should get the uh, the pet on board, right, you've got to know that uh, what's, what's awaiting you on the other side, especially if you are going to a foreign land, then you've got to have a different permits and uh, all sorts of checklists, health lists and, and stuff like that, certificates of inoculation and a lot of these may be needed maybe 10 days to a week prior to departure so I can understand if they didn't do their homework and they just p- pitched up at the airport to board, that is a problem and that is why they abandoned the, the poor animal and off they go. And uh, also one must take into account that the uh, Airlines limit the number of uh, uh, animals that are permitted in the cabins, right? And there's specific cages or, uh, you know, contraptions that you can carry them in so much so that they don't irritate or bother uh, fellow passengers. And uh, some carriers, depending on the region that they're flying in, in certain months of the year, depending on the uh, temperatures, uh, they don't uh, allow, you know, certain hours, uh, a, either temperature being too high or too low that will affect the uh, the pet in the the cargo area of the aircraft. So uh, those are the main things that uh, need to be uh, taken into consideration. And uh, one can check up on the websites for foreign governments. Uh, They offer guidance and checklists. And it is uh, advisable to start prepping, say, from three to six months ahead of foreign travel and maybe a few weeks or even a month ahead of your domestic trip and it is advisable as well to make copies and if your pet is microchipped all the better and ensure that your current contact details are uh, all up to date and uh, most importantly you must ask yourself is your pet fit to travel if your pet is shy anxious or scared of unfamiliar noises and strangers they'll probably be better off you know staying with a sitter that uh, you could arrange o- overnight at a pet boarding facility. So uh, I think uh, people must, uh, if they only consider, sorry, forgive me.
1: Yeah, people, uh, that's an interjection from uh, one of the Hawaiian islands, I think, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Greek island people. So Kuluma <laughs> yeah, people
0: think, if people, if people consider that uh, they are leaving behind a child of theirs, then, uh, then they will think uh, in a different light altogether, and make sure, make sure that they will make proper arrangements uh, as to. I mean, you're not going to take your child, uh, an infant or so, and abandon the child at the airport and fly off. So it's the same sort of thing with your pet. Make proper arrangements so that uh, you still have your pet when you come back, and you go and have a good uh, trip or holiday or business or whatever arrangements you've got to do.
1: Yeah, when you leave your cat behind at the airport or mm-hmm. your or your dog what a catastrophe that is and it will hound you forever it
0: will, it will make no mistake unless you're absolutely heartless yeah
1: mm, absolutely brian and, uh, for that well we also look at uh you know your game you're in the travel agency you have made a powerful name for yourself and uh, you're respected your name has stood the test of time and they say six benefits of having a travel agent help you with booking your trip talk about that Ibrahimba, and i will emboss it
0: <laughs> yeah well look uh, in this day and age you know the choices are endless and you've got technology on your side but still planning and organizing a trip can be a hard task and uh, it can leave you feeling quite overwhelmed right uh, because uh even if you go online and uh, it takes time trust me anyone who has searched for flights and all that looking for the best most convenient uh, uh, flights, as well as the timings and the distances and the price, uh, it can leave you stressed out and hours and hours of go just looking for it. And just when you think you found the right one, and you want to go and book, hey, presto, before you know you're going to put in your car details, it's gone, the seat's gone. So, uh, this is where uh, travel agents used to be agents from the past. I think more now these days, it's called you call a travel advisor because uh, the professional advice that you are giving. It's not like uh, in the olden days where you were an agent where you just sold them a ticket and that was the end of the story. No, this is uh, more, uh, you know, uh, a person, a travel advisor is a person that's engaged in selling, arranging, transportation, accommodation, tours, trips for travelers, all that comes into play. And uh, you've got to have access to the latest information about destination regulations, airline products, hotels, and even safety and travel alerts at your fingertips. Now, if the layperson is going in uh, uh, sort of trawling the internet, looking for all this, where you're going to find it? It's there, but do you have the luxury of time uh, to sit and pour over all those details and then uh, make sense of it? I don't think so. Not in this day and age. And uh, this is where uh, travel experts or advisors, as I call them, have uh, you know the ability to develop close working relationships, uh, A, with the suppliers, and also with the uh, potential uh, client or customer, and uh, be able to, uh, you know, explain to them the fine print that's contained in your, say, contract of carriage, for, for instance, and how to uh, navigate supplier agreements, et cetera, et cetera, looking at their duty of care to you as, as a customer, as a passenger per se, And to ensure you have a travel that is relatively hassle-free with a degree of peace of mind. And this goes for both leisure and corporate travel. So it helps to have an expert advisor in your corner to help you navigate and uh, avoid any potential pitfalls. And this goes for a whole host of things, Brother Shavad, whether it is airline strikes, uh, ever-changing travel regulations, visa requirements, for instance, And uh, if you are going to, let's just say, uh, Mecca or Medina, for instance, is to tell you, look, these are the best areas to live in if you're wanting a certain uh, level of comfort or convenience, et cetera, et cetera. And depending, of course, on how much you are willing to uh, budget for your trip. And uh, this all has to be put together and into one uh, package that is tailor-made for the individual. You know, it's not a question of one size fits all. I mean if you've got a mixed uh, bag of say a family that's got granny grandpa and and uh, maybe uh, immediate parents and some infants and the rest of it say five six or seven of them going as a family it gets uh, quite challenging and the thing is you've got to take into consideration all those things you know how long uh does it take to get from one terminal to the other where the connecting flight might be for instance and what are the, uh, you know, the, uh, the possible hang-ups or delays that you could have, whether you need your your uh, vaccination certificate and is your visa, in a, you know, uh, okay? All that sort of thing needs to be taken care of. And uh, the thing is, what we have here in, in South Africa is a regulating body, and uh, you don't necessarily have to be a member of, but uh, it does uh, hold you in good stead if you are a member of the... Uh, Association of South Africa, Southern African Travel Agents, and uh, of course, uh, the beauty of it is it uh, it assures you that uh, you are dealing with someone who's committed to ethical conduct, trustworthy behavior, and of course, uh, delivering a, a first-rate professional service. And uh, some of the uh, the pluses in that sense, uh, you know, I can just quickly run through it. Is uh, basically you have someone that's going to give you uh expert guidance because of the extensive knowledge and the fact that they are dealing with it day in and night out they can sell and manage the various travel related products uh you know for your holiday or if it's a uh, business travel as well and uh insofar as uh you know looking at getting uh advocating rather for better uh travel conditions on behalf of the passenger uh you've got to have people in your corner that's going to be able to know how to fight your battle let's just say if you bumped off the flight for instance or if uh, there's been some force mayor involved and what are your rights as a traveler and uh, who's going to talk to the airlines i mean you can very well go and book on online i'm not saying you cannot and take whatever benefits you might get from a price perspective and not having any middlemen involved But then when uh, the stuff hits a fan, the thing is you are very much on your own. You are sitting in some uh, uh, transit lounge or airport or anything and good luck to you if your phone is charged and working and see if you can get hold of somebody uh, that's live, a human being on the other side of the line and see if they can help you. So uh, it's important and... uh, you know furthermore, things like uh where it's particular and peculiar to South Africa unabridged birth certificate requirements and things like that it 's important that you have someone that can advise you and inform you on all these things prior to your leaving or even making your booking, so much so that you don 't necessarily uh, commit yourself you know and spend a huge amounts of money before finding out that hey listen i don 't think i 'm going to be able to get this passport or this visa in time and and then the refund applications and all that come into play so it's very important to have that Uh, of course the next one on the list is uh, trust you've got to have that trust i mean every business relationship or even if it's a you know a human relationship is based on trust and uh, this is where you know that you're dealing with people that are trustworthy honest and uh, they'll give you a good deal around i mean every business is in business per se to turn a profit but they will not Uh, you know, because the code of conduct they got to abide by, uh, rip you off, so to speak. Furthermore, all these travel advisors, they keep, uh, you know, attending online courses, etc., getting to familiarize themselves uh, and, uh, you know, get more knowledgeable about the destinations and the products they are selling, so much so that they keep you updated with the latest information that may or may not even impact uh, your travel plans, but it will be good to know that these are the places that you should be going. You should be avoiding maybe the down east uh, east end of New York City, for instance, because of what goes down there, et cetera. All that advice, you're not just necessarily going to get it, uh, you know, out the ether. You need people in your corner to tell you that. And, of course, uh, we have the ability. When I say we, I'm using the Royal plural again because I'm in the travel industry per se. Uh, You've got to have people that can give you a range of value and choice. That is why it's very important. A, firstly, any potential traveller, we ask them: Listen, okay, fine. You settle on which destination you you want to go. What kind of category of accommodation you 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 are comfortable? What is your budget? How much are you going to be able to spend per passenger? And that gives you an indication. Some people, of course, feel that oh, why are you asking me all those questions? But it's important to suit the experience to your traveller's needs. It's pointless and say, yeah, I've got a cheapie over here. You can take it and the guy gets on the other side and say, the shower's not working, this place is full of this, that, and the other. That's not what travel is all about. The thing is we cater to the consumer and we must be able to give them the best options available, give them quotes, and give them information. And uh, at the end of the day, you are rendering a professional service. I know everyone out there thinks that, uh, unlike uh, professionals that consult like doctors, lawyers, etc., psychiatrists and things like that, that a travel agent can be used and abused for all the information, then take that and go and book it on airlines. You get a lot of people that are uh, inconsiderate, uh, unscrupulous in the sense that they waste your time. And all, like anyone else, all these travel advisors got is so many hours in a day uh, to earn a living. And if they waste their time by what we call, uh, you know, uh, people that go shopping, they just want to find, and they'll phone like 10, 10 different agencies and try and get a quote from them and then they'll sit and compare and then they'll say okay everyone's selling more or less the same thing that it must be a good uh, accommodation or service or something let me go online and book it directly they do that unashamedly by the way so uh, personally over 42 years that we've been working we are very straight up front we said we are rendering a professional service we will give you a quote maybe a, a, an amendment thereafter but then if you are serious about booking then pay a deposit and then we can give you the kind of service that you should be getting but uh of course, uh, having uh, you know been in business for so long, the thing is uh, we know the kind of uh, business that we are after, the kind of customers, and if the people are you know bargain hunting as such, we give them the quote and say, look, this is what it said. You either want it or you don't want it, but I'm not going to carry on back and forth doing this, this, that, and the other without no guarantee of materialization of the booking. And of course, it's very convenient if you are working with a travel advisor all your your requirements tickets, accommodation car rental and uh, insurance and uh, just about every other bit of advice you need for your destination is there. Uh, giving you it gives it's at their fingertips they just print it out and or email it to you and save you time money and and it's very convenient besides uh so those are just some of the things when of course a personal relationship is formed then you, you you know you're in safe hands and it's all well and good when things are going 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 well. It's when things are not going well, then you really know the value of your travel agent. If they are in the corner and they take your call, irrespective of which time zone you are, and they take it and say, listen, I'm on it. I know what the story is. I'll call you back or I'll send you an email or a WhatsApp message just to tell you what next to do. So uh, those are the things that uh, we do as a matter of course, And uh, we expect all our personnel and staff to be highly trained and professional as possible. To uh, make sure that uh, at the end of the day, you know, your best advert is a satisfied customer. It costs you nothing. You just mm. got to be courteous. You've got to be good and give the people what they want and they'll keep coming back.
1: I tell you, you had your jet fuel. Uh, it's, we're just about to run out of fuel and we've gone uh, six minutes o- over time. But we got enough fuel to land, Ibrahimba. You were okay. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Perhaps your parting words this evening, Ibrahim bah.
0: Yeah, well, look, uh, being of advanced age, I often reflect uh, on my life and all the good fortune and blessing that I've had. And uh, if you should ask me that uh, whether I would like to uh, live that life again, I said, yes, certainly uh, being happy with it. But uh, just on one condition, I would think like any editor or author, I'd like to correct in the second edition the certain errors I made in the first. So that's my thought for this evening.
1: I tell you, that was brilliant Ibrahim Bar. You have a mashallah beautiful evening ahead and uh, really enjoy your company as always. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you.
0: Walaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi
1: wa barakatuh. Well, I the thank Alu for brilliant engineering uh, this evening. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming. And uh, from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.